Hi, this is Gurusee Singh and you're listening to my Thick Accent podcast. So let me be very honest today. When I was in India, I did not know anything about scholarships. Or I should say I knew very few people in my vicinity who got these scholarships within the country. Because I come from a business family and focus on studies was to just complete it only for the sake of portfolio and eventually get into the family business. Which ironically I never ever even tried and moved abroad to build something on my own. Which I'm glad I did because I'm definitely a better version of myself from four years ago. I also met few people here who have come from all around the world and got scholarships I have never ever heard about before and my guest today is one such person she was born in australia completed high school in delhi india and then the scholarships gave her the opportunity to live in france italy spain and in the beginning of 2022 she moved to canada for a research at university of montreal Let's learn more from her about the scholarships and the experience of living in various countries. Please welcome Priyanshu Bharadwaj, or like everybody calls her, Pri. Hi, thank you so much for welcoming Ingrassis. It has been a pleasure to know you, and I'm so excited to be a part of this. Thank you again. Likewise, I'm glad we are finally able to do this after a lot of technical difficulties and you know changing of dates and everything. But yeah, so here we are today. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, Pri, let's talk chronologically because you have you know lived different places and you know visited a lot of countries just in terms of your scholarships. So, tell me, like, you moved to India from Australia when you were an infant, and you spent mm-hmm. your formative years there, completed your high school there. Tell us more about your time you spent in India, and I also remember you telling me that growing up, your parents were very strict about studies. Tell us all about that. Okay, so I come from a very conservative family in India. My parents were always strict about education. They always wanted me and my sister to be the top. So I remember growing up, we would have these awkward phases after parent-teacher meeting, where my my dad would be like really mad at me because. I have like seventy on hundred in math, or like eighty on hundred in math, and not not like the full score, because my dad was very particular about studies, and that was something that I carried within myself. As a kid, I was really into dancing, into painting, into music, and everything. But slowly, with time, because I would see that my parents get like really happy when I have that academic validation. I turned mm. towards it and I really got interested in studying I was always a very scientific person my parents always encouraged that so that's that's a part of my childhood honestly science I would talk to my pa- dad my grandfather about science about how I could be a scientist I was always a very very curious kid as a kid mm. I would always ask questions and you know how the culture is in india when a kid is kid is like asking a lot of questions parents are like okay don't don't say this much don't talk in front of adults <laughs> don't question them yeah. this much but i was always like questioning i was like why why is it happening even like with religion like my parents were hindu so they would always like follow a certain religious thing and i would be like but why are we doing this like why mm. would you want to do that 
so i always had that inside of me so my parents obviously wanted me to be an engineer or a doctor but i was always into research <laughs> funny yeah. enough i also like got admission in a medical college in india mm. and my parents were so happy but then i i used that excuse that okay it's not a government college so it will mean that you'll have to pay a lot so give me a year i'll just mm. join a course that i really like and then i might switch into medicine so i started studying pharmacy i was yeah. a pharmacist and after that yeah and after that i was really into it my parents saw that i was really good at it i was getting good scores so they decided to let me continue it that was my childhood <laughs> okay pretty interesting so so you are saying that you did that bachelor's in in pharmacy because your father yes. wanted you to do that yeah exactly uh, <laughs> and he he mostly wanted me to do something that's related to medicine you know hmm, so okay. if a doctor or a pharmacist anything that's related to healthcare professional and yeah. even uh, even when i was done with my degree he was like let's get a pharmacist license you know <laughs> let's let's just start that process but i was always into research and i always wanted to go outside of india just for research So talking mm-hmm. about you know going out of India let's just mm-hmm. pivot towards the numerous scholarships you have done and i'm <laughs> sure there are many like me who who had like no who were like completed their high schools or bachelors and have no idea about this so please educate <laughs> us let's let's just start with the the Eiffel scholarship tell us about that uh so when i was in india in my 7th semester because the degree of pharmacy is of 8 semesters right mm-hmm. so in my 7th semester i really started preparing for us my main objective was to go to us so i was giving just GRE. like all of us yeah just like all <laughs> everyone yeah so i was giving gre and everything but then i realized that the most the, the biggest problem that i have here is the money hmm. and i told this to my dad that okay uh, i want to go there and i would do it on my own terms but i need to take a loan Mm-hmm. and my dad said no he was like i'll let you go if you have a scholarship mm-hmm. so you can do whatever you want if you have a scholarship and nobody in my family has gone outside of india for studies mm-hmm. so there was no one to guide me i would like go to some of my seniors in college in india and they would be like uh you know what you should get like published and then you might be able to find a scholarship to go outside i tried my level best to get published mm-hmm. and it was not happening but finally in my fourth year I decided to join a research team and that research team was like working on uh, some natural drugs and uh, I had the chance to go to a conference through that and I really enjoyed it. So mm-hmm. based on that uh, I started looking on for places where I could get scholarship and I came across this Eiffel scholarship which was for France. And I was like okay I mean everybody has that Paris attraction you know in India. So I was like okay maybe I should just try my luck with that. Uh, so the application was really simple. I only had to upload a few recommendation letters, write a motivation letter and upload my CV. So all of that was were in place, right? Because I had a good CV, I I have worked in research and everything and I applied not thinking that anything would happen. And during that time I also finished my degree and I was like thinking of what I should do next because I also had a letters like admission letter from other places in uh, in UK in US uh, so my parents were like okay but you can't go there because of the money issue and then suddenly i remember in may i was like i have really given up of everything i was like nothing is happening nothing what is year was out. that it was 2019 okay 2019 in may 
and i remember i got this email saying that uh, my my application has completed the first stage and i need to have an interview to decide the university and if i want to do it i was like really so i just gave the interview and i waited for a month after that mm-hmm. after that month i got the admission letter and i got the scholarship letter so i got the scholarship letter and i felt our uh, scholarship actually covers your stay it covers mm-hmm. the educational fee okay. uh, although the money that they give is like not a lot but it was something and i fulfill the condition that my father put in front of me right <laughs> getting a scholarship <laughs> to go outside so that's how i ended in france i moved to france in september 2019 for a course that's called innovative drugs it was a one year master degree mm-hmm. in nanomedicine and medical imaging and the only reason my parents let me do again was because it was a one year degree mm. and the condition of the degree was that i have to study for a semester in the university and then i have to work like okay. for a semester somewhere so they were like okay now we'll have like a european work experience so you can come back and get a good job mm. so that's how <laughs> i i was actually allowed to go and i got that scholarship Okay but but before we talk more about your experience in France I want to go back to the the interview phase and when you were applying yeah. for it tell us about a little bit about the the eligibility criteria or okay. do you need any sort of IELTS or what's the age limit or usually what the duration is tell us more about that Yeah so I didn't need IELTS for that uh, so they they need English proficiency although for Indians because all of our education are in is in English yeah. we don't really need that but I still gave the exam so I had okay. the score you need to complete undergraduate or you're about to complete undergraduate from an institute in india mm-hmm. uh, you um, there's like no specific transcript requirement like there is no minimum gpa that you should have okay. but ideally if you have a gpa more than 8.5 out of 10 it helps in getting the scholarship they need a cv which is and you should have like the experiences that is relevant to the course that you're applying to because i applied to a research based course and i had some research experience it helped mm-hmm. other than that uh, you need to, of course you need to have a passport for applying <laughs> yeah. and you need a few recommendation letters in my case it was two recommendation <laughs> letters that i had to ask my recommenders to directly upload and i had to send all my transcript my uh, my grades and uh, i had to even convert it to the french grade but for me my university did that so okay. it depends on the university yeah so what do you mean by french to- grade So French grade is very different from India. It's out of twenty, and it's okay. very difficult. Like if you get out, if you get more than fourteen in France, it means that you're somewhat brilliant. And <laughs> okay. in yeah, and the Indian grade A is equivalent mm-hmm. to fourteen in France. Hmm. Like CGPA eight eighty percent is equivalent to fourteen in France. So yeah, that's um, that was the eligibility criteria. Of course, you uh, you have to apply through the online portal of Eiffel Scholarship, and before that. need to also apply to a university so i applied to university of bourgogne because of the course this this university is in uh, dijon like the dijon mustard that everybody knows about <laughs> yeah. yeah so i applied to the university first and then i applied to uh, this scholarship and luckily i got in for the interview i remember that they were very very specific i did not have any technical questions from them but they really wanted to know my motivation like why am i motivated to do research hmm. and honestly i have been a part of so many scholarship committee and i've seen so many students talk about why they want scholarship and the answer is like never really related to what they're going to do like for me because i was going to do research like my aim was research when they asked yeah. me what's your future plan i was like 
I want to do research. I want to stay in academia. I want to continue mm-hmm. doing that. I I know that some students do the mistake of saying that okay, they want to go to industry or they want to switch and work in a company or start their own business. Yeah. And these things don't work. You have to be very smart when you face interviews. Your confidence should show that you should actually know what you're talking about and know what you're doing. Mm. So that's what helps okay. me, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, amazing. T- tell us uh, how how long you you said it was like a one year uh, scholarship program, right? Yes, it was a one year scholarship program. Yeah. And you stayed in France for yeah. the whole year. Yes, because it was twenty nineteen. So, like the first semester, which was from September to December, I did not have like chance to actually travel because first I, I went to this program, which is only of one year, right? Mm-hmm. it was really really packed and i had so many courses plus the accent was so different because it was a french university so everybody spoke <laughs> french although my program was in english it was so difficult to follow their accent and to understand mm. everything there and uh, i had to like deal with that plus the pressure was like much more than india uh, in india i remember like how did we like give exams it was like okay you study say a week before the exams and you're done Yeah. In France you have exams every week. Mm-hmm. And it's something that was really bizarre to me because I would finish one subject and I would have the exams. And that exam would be like my final exam. Like the first mm-hmm. exam that I gave, I wasn't even sure if it's my final exam or something. I just was like, okay, it's an exam, you have to come and give it. So I went and gave the exam and then I was told that okay, this is your final grade. Like really? Are you are you serious? There's no other exam after this? I'm like, no, this is it. And then I had to like every week I was had to study, had to make notes, had to understand everything. So uh, that was my 2019. In 2020, I had to do an internship. <laughs> so I did an internship in Montpellier, which is also in France. Unfortunately, I had a very racist incident there. Hmm. I was racially attacked. Yeah, no. I, yeah. So it it so happened that uh, one evening it was like my second or third day in Montpellier. Mm-hmm. I was walking with an Indian colleague who was an Indian postdoc in my university, okay. right? And he was showing me around just to like show me the town where I can get what. Because also it's a French speaking town, right? And back then I did not speak any French, so it was very difficult to navigate things. So he mm-hmm. was there with me just to help me, and suddenly we were approached by this gang of men who mm-hmm. uh, started like. Uh, like they had knives in their hand they were like oh, give man. us your wallet and everything that you have uh, it was so bizarre because nobody stopped to help us and it was right in the middle of street wow. and that was my second day and i didn't know anyone in that city right so i was so scared and <laughs> this indian guy told me that oh this is very common it has happened with me two to three times don't worry really? uh, it's fine it's normal <laughs> yeah he was like don't just don't keep cash with yourself and don't keep your card in the wallet everything will be okay like what are you saying like this is not normal i was yeah. so scared after that i i lived in montpellier for 20 days uh, following that and i was like okay i'm kind of done with this place i have to move to a new city because i would always live in fear honestly and uh, that's when i decided to go back to dijon because there i had most of my friends and i liked the city i know that it's very safe i moved back to dijon and i stayed there but then covid happened hmm. and because covid happened i wasn't able to work a lot in labs i wasn't able to gain a lot of experience that i wanted to gain so that was my first year in europe kind of traumatic honestly 
we'll just move towards your next scholarship then, which was the Raspus Mundus, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just about that. So, okay. So Erasmus Mundus degree is a two-year program in Europe and it is funded by European Union. So there is Erasmus Mundus Union, which comprises of many European universities and they fund this these master programs. They have almost 100 to 200 master's programs, depending on like so many categories, also on mm-hmm. dancing, anthropology, many courses. And they select students from all over the world. Precisely for every program, they select 10 students, 10 to 12 students, and they give them fully funded scholarship. By fully funded scholarship, I mean that they even pay for your tickets. They give mm-hmm. you money for travel. They give you money for visa application. And there are no fees. They give you a health insurance that will cover you everywhere in the world, no matter where you go. It's actually amazing. And they would give you monthly stipends. So uh, when I was doing my internship in Dijon and COVID happened, I thought, okay, I don't know what to do. I don't have much research experience, so I can't do a PhD. I really need mm-hmm. another master's. And I had this one professor uh, from Egypt. She actually told me to apply for Erasmus Mundus program because uh, the scholarship is good and I'll have two more years of experience as a mm-hmm. master's student. And I thought, okay, I'll just try and apply. Yeah. And I remember the deadline was 15 February and I applied on 14 February. Wow. So 14 February is when I uploaded all my documents. I wrote my motivation letter, everything in a day. And I really don't recommend doing that. Like, please take your time with the motivation letter. I think I was just lucky with that. And I actually forgot about it, honestly. Mm-hmm. I applied on 14 February and okay, that's, that's it. Then COVID happened, things were changing. We had lockdowns everywhere. Of course. And suddenly, I remember like after 15 days, I get this email saying that, okay, you have been selected for the first round. Now you have to give another interview. So... I had this interview with a professor from Belgium and surprisingly, like our research mapped. So the program that I studied was called Emotion, which is the European Masters in Translational Cosmetics and Dermatology. Oh, okay. And because I was really interested in skin, I applied only for this particular program. Although you can apply for three to four Erasmus Mundus programs and depending mm-hmm. on where you get selected, you can select the place where you want to go to so at one time you were saying like uh, like a candidate can apply to three three, three to four two. different erasmus mundus different different okay. erasmus mundus scholarships right because there are mm-hmm. many programs so uh, you can apply for say anthropology if you're interested you can apply for sociology you can apply for political science like different erasmus programs mm-hmm. and depending on what scholarship you get and what program you like you can select in the end mm-hmm. So I only applied to this program and uh, in April, I got my acceptance letter from there. So my uh, scholarship was based in four countries. It was Mm. starting in Italy. Uh, It had Germany, it had Belgium and Spain. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, also, yeah, at that time, I also got a PhD offer from the lab where I was working in. So I had to like choose between either I should do a PhD because it's more stable, you know, PhDs in France is of three years mm-hmm. and this master is of two years. So by the time, if I decide to do this master's, I'll waste like two years of my life. And PhD <laughs> is a big step forward in the career that I want for myself as a researcher. Mm. So I was quite in a fix at that time, but I decided to go for Erasmus Mundus because I felt like it's a prestigious scholarship and it will give me like a time to know myself and to understand what I really like in research. 
Mm-hmm. So I decided to go for it. And honestly, uh, I don't regret it. I think it was the best decision that I took for myself. Because uh, after you get the Erasmus Mundi scholarship, uh, the Indian government, especially like the Erasmus Mundi Association in India, they mm-hmm. invite you to Delhi for a cocktail party. Oh, which is like, okay. yeah, which I think is so prestigious. You get to meet so many people from mm. different walks and corners of India who, are, who have been selected for the scholarship. And I was the only Indian for my program, which also made it kind of special for me. Yeah. <laughs> I am so fascinated about just, <laughs> just hearing all this, you know. Um, yeah. I, I really hope that, you know, someday maybe I would get the opportunity to do one of these. It would be such a Why nice experience. Not? Why not? I mean, you still have chance to do it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so you were saying that uh, when you were in France, you, you got the offer for the PhD there. and But at the same time, you got the opportunity to get into this Rasmus Mundus. But then you decided to choose the Rasmus Mandas one, right? And you, yeah. you, you said that that kind of helped you to find yourself, right? What did you mean by yeah. that? Tell me more about that. Okay. So I really liked research, okay? On like, that's like the base of my life, that I love mm-hmm. research, I love science and everything. But uh, while I was in Dijon, I realized that uh, the field that I'm working for is very, very specific. I was working with microscopy. And I, I, I liked it, but I did not really enjoy it. I wanted to see what else I could do, you know. I wanted to move out of France. I wanted to experience new countries, new culture. Because again, mm. a PhD is quite limiting because you have a lot of work. So you don't have like time to go out and travel and meet new people. And I really wanted to experience other cultures. And then I saw about the Sarasbis Mundus that, I mean, we had a group. And we had people from Colombia, from New Zealand, from Africa, like from now we had one from uh, Nigeria, like so many different people, you know, like from different countries in Europe. And I thought that if I get this chance to like be with them, I'll actually learn a bit more about different cultures and everything because my, Mm. my experience in France was good, but it was mostly in France. I did not have time to go out because of COVID. Yeah. So I thought of taking that chance and I do think that it changed me because it made me really accepting. I learned mm-hmm. a lot about different cultures. I also learned a bit of Spanish. I learned a bit of Italian. I learned French in that process. So all of that happened because of Erasmus Mundus. And it also gave me the chance to come to Canada, which I never thought could happen, honestly. So but that, I'll talk about that later, how that happened. Oh, okay. Okay. So before we get into the, the Canadian journey, tell me that are you like allowed to stay in Europe after you are done with your scholarship? <clears throat> yes, you can. Because uh, when you start your Erasmus Mundus, you start from one country. So I started from Italy. Uh, mm-hmm. After you finish your master's in Italy, you're eligible to get two year of work search permit. So uh, I did not get that because I did not plan to stay in Italy, honestly. But people did get that permit. So mm-hmm. after that, I moved to Spain. And even in Spain, you're eligible to get a year of search visa, like work search mm-hmm. visa. Uh, and then the same in Germany. So okay. you are eligible to stay in Europe after you finish your education from there. The condition remains that you have to actually find something in that mm. period of time. And it's not very long. It's one year or two year maximum. And you'd have to learn the language because Europe is really language-centric. Yeah. 
So I've been like I've met people who work in L'Oreal Paris, like the biggest uh, cosmetic company in the whole world, situated yeah. in Paris, and they don't speak any English. And wow. it's very normal, honestly. It's very normal there. So yes, you can definitely stay there, but you have to be aware of the the conditions that come with it. Okay, okay, but that's still yeah. good to know that you are at least allowed to stay there after. Yeah, you now. are allowed to stay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So let's just uh, move towards your Canadian journey, but I believe yeah. before that you also got the something called uh, MyTax. I don't know how to yes. exactly pronounce it. Tell me about that. It's MyTax. That. Yeah. MyTax yeah. scholarship. Yeah. Tell us yes, about that. Exactly. So, uh in my Erasmus Mundus scholarship, the emotion, uh, the first year was in Italy and for second year I had to choose between Spain and Belgium. And I decided okay. to go to Spain. So uh, when I was in Spain for our final semester we had to do an internship which could be anywhere in the world. Okay so mm. I started looking for internships everywhere and that's when I saw this post like this opening on LinkedIn for uh, a research intern and a PhD in University of Montreal. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty intrigued because I never thought of like going to Canada before that but uh, somewhere you know like every indian it was kind of like okay canada us like the american dream that people have yeah. so i had that honestly and i know that the the quality of life and people are really nice in canada so i should give it mm-hmm. a try is what i thought back then so i applied for the position it was a linkedin easy apply i still remember i only had to upload my cv and i did mm-hmm. that and uh, two days later i got an email from the the person that i applied to like the the lab the lab in charge and they said that they are interested in seeing my full profile and talking to mm-hmm. me so i had an interview with them which was a very normal get to know you interview and then uh, after that after a week they said that they are really interested in my profile and they have selected me for this other round in which they'll give me like some technical questions to answer mm-hmm. and back then i had my best friend in canada she was studying in laval mm-hmm. so she actually helped me in preparing for those questions and i gave the interview it went really well and i got the application i mean admission letter from mm. udem now the question was okay but how like what next because now i had to tell this whole erasmus mundus thing that i'm going to canada for my final semester and they actually prefer people to stay in europe so mm. uh, it was very good that i was in spain because my spanish university had this exchange agreement with university of montreal which i found okay. out during that time which meant that i was eligible to go to canada for a short term research okay for yeah four to six months and for that i need to write a research protocol and a proposal of what i'm doing and i have to uh, specify like why am i the ideal candidate for this position mm-hmm. and i did that and uh, i applied for this another scholarship called mytech scholarship which gives you like 6000 for 4 months of internship in canada mm-hmm. and i got that scholarship it was pretty easy to get mm-hmm. but it's a peer reviewed scholarship tell us more about that what do you mean by peer reviewed scholarship what do you mean by that okay so there are two kinds of scholarship one is a competitive scholarship in which you have like many applicants and limited amount of seats right okay. mytech is a peer reviewed which which means that it's it's mostly uh it is it mostly judging you based on your research experience so you write a research proposal mm-hmm. uh there are peers who work in the same field who will mm-hmm. read it and then they will decide if this research is actually good for canada they'll okay. see if you are bringing a change in canada or if in some way you are able to like 
bring some value. Will you bring some value? Basically, yeah. bring some research value in Canada. So they actually encourage that a lot because uh, research in Canada is always considered to be top notch, and they're always mm-hmm. looking for people who can enhance the value and can bring more to the system. Mm-hmm. That's why it's pretty easy to get. called peer reviewed <laughs> i'm sure it would not be that easy for people who don't know about it <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> this uh, mytex is also for undergrads actually and the application starts in august i believe and mm-hmm. undergrad it gives a chance for undergrad students in india to come to canada for research mm-hmm. so i would actually suggest everyone who is an undergrad to do this to take this experience because you would agree with me that Absolutely. coming here is yeah. definitely a big thing and it actually changes you as a person they should definitely try that yeah so what tell me about the other one that i saw which was the udem centrum scholarship is that related <laughs> yes. to that so uh when i came here i i had like no intention of continuing my studies here i actually wanted to go back to europe but i was offered a phd position and the phd's here get a limited salary you know the sa- they get a salary but it's not as much as you would expect them to okay so i told this to my supervisor and she was like but there are many scholarships that you can apply to again and now by this time i was like an expert in scholarship i have had like so many i was like okay just tell me where do i have to apply <laughs> yeah because i applied to so many scholarships that it was not a big deal for me so uh, university of montreal every year has a recruitment scholarship for new phd students in which they would pay them a year full of stipend like a year amount of stipend which is like 10000 15000 and then the supervisor would like add to it <laughs> but i was lucky because this year university of montreal completes its 100 years right mm. and because it completes its 100 year they wanted to award one student with an excellent scholarship which is the sontherium scholarship which would mean that they would pay that student a, a amount of 21000 okay let me guess who got that <laughs> you got <laughs> yeah i got that scholarship you got that okay <laughs> yeah so uh, and that is i mean that scholarship was very prestigious i mean everybody was congratulating me and they were like okay because university of montreal completed 100 years and they gave you the scholarship i was like okay this is something new i mean nobody has ever treated me like this for getting a scholarship honestly and that's when i decided to actually stay and use this in my cv because i really want to get into academia in the future and i feel like these things actually add a value to your cv mm, so that was yeah. the the yeah the latest scholarship that i have i might get another one which is not yet confirmed so i won't speak a lot about it but <laughs> there there is another one that i could get soon you'll get it you'll get it for sure i i believe in <laughs> i believe in you <laughs> hope so fingers crossed honestly just fingers crossed because this is a very competitive scholarship okay i wish you good luck for that then thank you so much okay so if i understood correctly correct me if i'm wrong so you said that when you were doing your erasmus mm-hmm. mandas that was like four semesters four different countries and then for the final research you came to canada because it was like yeah. uh conjointly doing it with Rasmus Mundus in in with the exactly. University of Montreal. So exactly. you are so you are right now done with your uh, Rasmus Mundus like fully done with yeah, that and then yeah, after that yeah. you got into the other scholarship. Yeah, the PhD. Exactly. So I completed my Rasmus Mundus degree in September and year, in September okay. yeah this year I was September is when I was awarded the other scholarship and September mm-hmm. is when I started my PhD. 
So I'm completely done with the Erasmus Mundus scholarship part. And unfortunately, because I was uh, not in Europe, I was not able to attend my graduation in person. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'll be going to Europe soon, next year, which Mm. would mean that I could go there and meet everyone in person. And I'm very excited for that. So Priya, I want to take you back to the time when you first time, you know, moved out of your house, you moved in yeah. 2019 to France. Tell me, yeah. tell me about your first month. Okay. How were you feeling or what was going on in your mind back then when you moved for the first time? Oh my God, I remember I was so anxious before moving. I was like, why am I doing this? Can you just back up? I don't want to go now. I, mean, I was honestly really stressed. I remember mm-hmm. I was in the airport and my dad was like uh, carrying my luggage till the gate and I was just holding him and crying and I was like I don't know if I want to do this he was like no just trust God everything will be okay go so uh, luckily enough I was traveling with another Indian so there was this girl that I met I'm not gonna name her uh, so I met this girl and she was like okay let's travel together so my dad, you know, he recharged my phone. He was like, okay, when you go to France, at least you'll have enough balance to like call India mm. and like talk to us and let us know how you are. Yeah. But this girl did not get anything, okay? And I remember my first day in Paris, we landed in Paris. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is it? Are we in Paris now? <laughs> I was a bit happy, but also like, you know, everybody is like, ah, shit, now we made it. Here we so, yeah. uh, but this girl who was with me, she started crying. Oh, so man. I was like, oh no, I don't even have time to like process my emotion right now because I have to take <laughs> care of this other person, right? And I was in Dijon, which is like three hours from Paris. And my dad wanted me to have the safety window, like so that I don't miss the train and everything. So mm-hmm. I reached Paris at like 11 a.m. And my mm-hmm. train to Dijon was at 9 p.m. at night. Okay. So I had this whole day. So I didn't know and I had to take my uh, train from Gardelion, which is the same station where they have shot like Mr. Bean, if you have seen Mr. Okay. Bean Holiday is the same station. So we went outside the airport and I told this uh, cab driver to take us there. First mm-hmm. of all, he didn't speak English. I was like, I don't oh, know no. how to communicate to this man anymore. I was so stressed. I was trying to like explain it to him. I was like, Gardelion. And he was like, Gardelion. He was like, yeah, 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 whatever. And then he understood and he took us there. I remember people were so rude on, at the station. Everybody was like staring at us because we were like so lost and confused with our big bags and everything. And it was almost uh, 12.30 by that time when we reached Paris. So we were sitting in the station. Everything was okay. My friend was like constantly crying because she was homesick. And she wanted to talk to her family. I gave her my phone to talk to her parents and everything. But the whole time she refused to eat anything. She was like, I'm not eating anything. I just no. want to go home. I don't like it here. I want to go home. So I went to the subway and I was like, okay, I'll just get a sub. I went there and again, the, the woman was like, what do you want? It's like, um, I mean, it was a Russian woman. And everything is like so overwhelming to me. I've never heard so many accents in my life. And Paris is like really mm. multicultural. So I remember after that, when I reached Dijon, I was so tired, so dead. I didn't get my Wi-Fi for the first night. So mm. I had to sleep without the Wi-Fi in my room. I had mm-hmm. nothing to eat. I only had like that one subway throughout the day. 
the next day things started to settle in there were like some people who came to help me but i remember being so lost for the first month because everything was in french and i didn't speak any french nobody mm. spoke english i didn't speak any french so the whole month i was like confused going from here and there trying to figure things out i didn't even know how to cook back then Hmm. Like I can also like yeah, मैं पानी जला सकती थी at that time. I didn't know anything. I mean, like I didn't even know how to boil eggs. Like what's the the procedure to do everything? But slowly I started learning and everything started getting in place. Like then the lockdown happened and I learned to cook really well. But my hmm. first month was so overwhelming. I was really stressed and the language change, the the culture shock. Uh, hmm. You know it's. it's very different than canada because everybody at least speaks your language there mm. it's like you don't even understand what people are talking to you you know you have to open a bank account i went to bank nobody spoke english there oh man and i was so lost like i didn't know how to communicate i went to the police station for verification nobody spoke english <sighs> the whole time i was like this lost going from here and there but i finally managed everything it was very overwhelming but i actually learned how to use google translator i learned a few french words and yeah it made me like really strong i mean i remember like first two weeks i would cry every night <laughs> but after that i was like you know what it's your fight it's your battle you chose this for yourself and now you have to do it yeah so that that's what it is right we we have decided we have made up our mind and we really wanted to do this and we have come here but but just for your friend the the indian friend who was with you i also don't blame her you know crying and feeling that I way because yeah. because the whole process of preparing and coming you know figuring out your visas and then your money yeah. and your loans you have yeah. no time to process anything at all pre and then you finally come here yeah. and then you were like okay so this is what i have signed up for and i have yeah. to deal with all now <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And when you like have no family or no support, and you have to do everything on your own, basically like um, us in India, we are really like, or we are always surrounded by people. Yeah, you we know? are pampered. I never, I yeah, we are so pampered. I didn't know anything after like after coming to France. I had to learn how to use the laundry. Like I, I never did that. My mom would always do the laundry, you know, at house, and I was like, okay. I had so much of appreciation for my mom. and i remember that in france there was like one time when you know the covid wave happened of 2020 uh my dad was admitted in the hospital he was in the icu mm. and i couldn't go back to india i was in france and it was so tough because i, I was always like constantly thinking about him it was during that time my my friends decided to take me to budapest for my birthday and mm. the same day my dad got admitted to the hospital so the whole i mean i couldn't even uh, go out i was just staying mm. in the hotel the whole day trying to talk to my mom my dad my sister to calm them down and everything and uh, it was also like i finished my ifil scholarship and i was moving to italy but i did not have money with me because the scholarship is like for the limited amount of time i didn't mm. have any money and my dad was in this condition so i couldn't even ask money from them that's when i decided to do something that i've never done in my life i decided to work in a vineyard and okay if you might have seen like grape yeah grape vines they are like uh, the same size as you know they come to my shoulder 
and okay. my job was to pluck grapes and it was during mm-hmm. summer in france and i had to like do this job in which they have like this huge huge khet of grapes and i had to like just cut the grapes every day i would come home with like cuts and i was bleeding everywhere and i couldn't even tell my parents that i was going through this all of that trouble and i had so much of respect for people who actually work in farms or like do these menial jobs mm. in india because they're so tough i had no idea about that uh, but it did it did help me in getting the money to go to italy it was not easy i really wanted to like give up and go back home but uh, i think it was it was very important that i stayed and i did that i remember like i would come back home and i had like nobody to like cook for me you know and like give me food or anything so in that mm. like with that state i had to make myself something and prepare so i would be leaving at 5 am from my house and i would come back at 9 pm mm. so i had like no time to sleep or rest or process the whole day yeah, yeah. it's challenging living in france was very tough yeah yeah i think it's uh that that's sort of the the life we all end up getting into being an international uh, student yeah. or being an immigrant that so many so many things that you that you come across that you just to make ends meet you end up doing all sort of, of odd jobs you know just just to survive and and that that can be yeah. challenging and and it kind of also takes you away from from the actual goal that you come for exactly. like for for, yeah. for instance you know i came for to excel in my industry you know advertising yeah. but i yeah. but i actually got into advertising literally 3 years later for the first 3 years i was just working here and there just to make ends meet and figuring out oh, your permanent residency and yeah. and then various other things and yeah and i think you were talking about you know your father not being well and you feeling that sad and everything i think on top of that you know i i have felt that you know whenever any sort of such hard times have come across uh, upon me and i think i have felt that guilt that guilt that why did i move here why am i not with my family did you also feel feel like that a lot honestly a lot especially during that time when i was in budapest because uh, and i didn't know that this would happen to my father right so and my course, friends yeah. were like let's go let's go yeah and i planned this trip i was in the middle of the trip and I, the whole time i was feeling so guilty i was so upset hmm. I, and also like you know i had like a few relatives who would comment on this they were like my mom told me to like not upload any pictures which of course i was not going to do but she was like it's it's really not a good gesture i i always felt so guilty because i missed so many marriages i missed so many deaths i missed I mean especially during covid we i guess we all lost so many people yeah and we were here yeah we could be we weren't there with our family when they needed us the most yeah. so that kind of like hurts me and almost every day when i'm asleep because of the time difference i'm like i have to like remain near my phone because <laughs> i don't want to miss anything i remember like once i was getting this call from my mom and i was in in a lecture and i couldn't take it So uh, I was like okay I texted her that I will call you later and she was like no I have to talk to you now. So I didn't mm-hmm. receive the call and I and I found out that someone who is like really was really close to me uh, mm-hmm. is no more and it kind of like just shook me I was like no I was avoiding the call and that hit me really hard that anything could happen when we are here 
Sometimes yeah. I really feel like I really feel that this is the price that we pay for the life that yeah, we're living here. Exactly. This constant sense of you know uh, guilt, <laughs> being afraid, just yeah, guilt yeah. and you know fright and all of that. But it's it's very it's very normal, and it's not just us. Like I had a friend who had to leave her husband, and she was living here, and she was like constantly missing because her husband was like building their house. and she mm-hmm. had to actually like to see everything from phone she was so guilty the whole time mm-hmm. so it's very normal i've met so many people who experienced that so let's just uh, get let's just lighten up the mood and i'm going to ask you tell me how did you get interested into reading haruki murakami tell me about that oh <laughs> that's very weird that you found that out of course oh i have God. good sources you know <laughs> oh wow I was actually really a literature buff. I would read a lot of books. Uh, in my college in India, I was also a part of the literary society. I was the student coordinator for okay. them. And uh, I think it was during that time when people would like talk about the books and everything. It's when I read uh, Kafka on the Shore and I was like it really touched me. It was something that uh, you know, I really connected to that character. and that brought me so close to literature another personal thing is that my grandfather was really into books and he had a library in uh, tata nagar jamshedpur okay so he had this whole library from his book collection that he had to donate to build this library hmm. because we were moving and he had so many books so growing up he would always like get me something or the other to read and he saw me reading murakami when i was uh, 17 and he was like don't read it now wait till you're 18 because you won't understand murakami or like at least wait till you're adult okay so it has been so long since i've been like i, I read a new book but uh, honestly haruki murakami is someone who really inspires me all his stories are so touching uh, they have a deep message and i really find myself in the character i'm also like someone with uh, a lot of attachment issues with people mm-hmm. i get really mm-hmm. attached attached very easily and his books actually reflect that and the struggles that he goes through so i think mm-hmm. that that's how i got into it yeah okay i'm so surprised that you found that out <laughs> of course you know i read that somewhere and i wanted to ask you you know how, how was your because because when yeah. i was just researching about that and i i i saw that yeah. it's not uh, something everyone's it's not like a go to book for everybody it's it's not everyone's yeah, cup true. of tea so to say so i just sort of asking true. you because of that yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think my philosophy of life really matches with Haruki Murakami and that's how I really like it. Hmm, t- tell me more about yeah. that. Um, I actually believe in letting go a lot and mm-hmm. that has helped me so much in when in traveling, especially during mm-hmm. my Erasmus Mundus days. I would be in one country and say after 6 months I had to move. I have to take my whole mm-hmm. life with me and move to a new place. I remember mm. like when I first moved to France I was so excited that I had my own money for the first time and I was actually like living on my own terms right so yeah I started buying so many things I had like I decorated my whole room mm-hmm. but then I had to move to Italy and I had to throw all of that away mm. so uh, and same with like people I met so many friends but then i do leave them and move to a new country and again to a new country and again to a new country and finally to this place 
So uh, mm-hmm. letting go is something that I really believe in life that it's okay. You have, you live in the present, you make memories now, but you have to let go of the past to enjoy the present. If I always like keep thinking of the people that I met in Europe, I would never be able to like form connections with people again, you know. So mm. I do believe in letting go. And I think Haruki Murakami's book is also mostly about letting go and moving on in your life. So that's why I think it matches with my philosophy a lot. Awesome. You know, I, I remember you were telling me when, when, I, when I met you for the first time, you were telling me that I, I you know, move yeah. every six months and I'm like... I don't yeah. think so I can do that you know and carrying all that <laughs> luggage and everything no, you know so like dumb. one my one yeah. full suitcase is just my third ones you know how can I just leave my yeah. third ones behind <laughs> I cannot leave those no, it, of course it's so it's so bad because I remember like when I first uh, moved to France my mom gave me like these <laughs> pictures like family pictures mm-hmm. to give with me and I don't have them with me now I don't even know where I left them honestly <laughs> And it kind of like hurts me, but then kind of letting go, but we have to move on. So yeah, it's it's really tough. And now that I'm here, I still somehow crave that traveling and I still somehow mm. crave that adventure. Uh, and I'm soon going to start the adventure again, but not this year. I'll take a time. I'll take my time to settle in a bit. So now Pri, you are very active on social media as well. And, you know, you know that, you know, the posts that people post, they always talk about their achievements, you know, which is great, yeah. you know, more power yeah. to them. But the yeah. thing that connects more with people is, is you know, behind the scenes, the flaws, True. or maybe even the struggles, you know, and, yeah. and you are never shy about, you know, posting about your flaws online. Yeah. So would you say that's why people connect more with your content? I think so because I I know people are always like, oh wow, you have such a good life. You're living in Europe. You're living in Canada. You meet so many people. You're always traveling, but they don't know what goes behind it. Like mm. I I know it. I I know the amount of struggle and the hard work that I put into it. So I'm never mm. shy talking about that because even when I was trying to like go out of India. Everybody mm-hmm. would like tell me about the positives of, you know, living outside of India. And they would always like kind of be like, oh, superior that, okay, yeah. I live in US. So I'm like superior to you guys living in India. They always have this feeling. Mm-hmm. And when I moved to France, I tried so much to like be that person, but it did mm-hmm. not happen. I feel like <laughs> uh, it made me, if anything, it made me a bit more humane and it made me a bit more understanding. It mm. instilled humility to me. So when I see like, I get a lot of message from these young students who are like 20, 21 years old in India who are like, uh, hi, Didi, I'm so lost. I don't know. How did you do this? I, I always take my time, no matter how busy I am. Mm-hmm. I take my time. I sit and I reply to them because I I know what it feels like, what it feels mm-hmm. like to be lost. I, I remember my days when I, had no one to help me with applications and I was overwhelmed with documents and understanding. These things, uh, mm-hmm. these the small reply that you get from someone, people see that, okay, if she can do it, I can do it as well because I was mm. never a very special kid. I was never someone who, who gets like the first rank in class or straight A kind of student. I was always very average. Even mm. my university in India, I was not the gold medalist. Mm. I was not like the top of my class anytime. But then people look at me and they're like, okay, this is an average person from a very average middle class family in India. 
with average grades with everything average and if she's able to like make a life for herself maybe we can do it and i think hmm. my videos which talk about my struggles get the most views and i've I always imagine, noticed yeah. that yeah and i never shy away from it honestly and this is the reason why yeah absolutely i think there is so much that goes behind the scenes you know yeah. yes things are changing people do post their authentic st- self you know online yeah. but still it's just like a very fabricated image that That's is true. shown to the world and and i'm so glad that you really show all the whole process i even see some yeah. videos you have you're having the stuff days in your research and during your uh that phd yeah. so it's it's nice to see that you know the, the one goes to all kinds of ups and downs it's not every, yeah. not it's not all roses you know one has That's to go true. through the to the ups and downs of your life yeah yeah nice. yeah honestly because a lot of people uh, are like how did you get the phd position like what did you do and i'm always like what's your end goal like i want to get a phd mm. position i'm like it's not a fairy tale you know like once upon a time and happy ending the end you get the <laughs> yeah. phd over no it's not that even in your phd you have so many things like life is all about struggles and you need to know that you need to know there are days when i have to sleep in my lab there mm. are days when it has happened with me when i was in europe that i had to sleep in my lab even here i had to go at like 6 am or come back really late from lab mm. it's not easy like i remember like once i was doing this experiment and everything failed because i did not add one like 1 mg of something yeah so i had to like repeat the whole thing the next day so it's not very easy it, like you have your ups and downs you have your days where you feel very lost and i feel like sharing that really helps mm. it helps me it helps me in yeah it helps others as well knowing that okay people who you think are happy and were living their lives actually go through this uh, i mean you haven't seen me when i was in europe when i mm-hmm. used to like travel a lot there so because i was a budget student i would always take this flight called ryanair and mm-hmm. the like ryanair flight anybody who has lived in europe knows that it's horrible it's horrible because i would reach at an airport say at 10 pm and the next mm-hmm. flight is at 4 am so mm-hmm. i have this whole window where i have to sleep in the airport and the ryanair airports are usually like super far from main cities mm-hmm. and you have you cannot even go out during that time so i have even posted like stories of me like and me and my friends we were sleeping on the floor and like how we are like talking to homeless people <laughs> and stuff like that and then people would be like damn that is what traveling is like i'm like yeah it's not that i'm like traveling to a new country every week i'm very rich or something you have to plan things out it's not that easy yeah honestly it's it's kind of fun as well i mean mm. i if i was in india and i would be seeing someone who is like living there and talking about that struggles i would like okay so i have to be prepared for this this can also happen with me yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it actually helps me in connecting more with people yeah 100% i think i can i can see that the responses that you get yeah. from people they are uh, re- really liking <laughs> the the whole journey that you are showing to them so yeah perfect more part to you Thank you so much. So now Pri there were like you know certain quotes or topics that I saw you posted on your profile. I want to talk about those because I think that can really help the international students you know living away from their loved ones anybody who want to really you know move abroad so that you know they can just learn from these things because they have to really tackle a lot of emotions when they move abroad right. So That's the first thing, uh I I saw you said that you know France 
chose me i did not choose france what do we mean yeah so uh, people always like people always tell me like why did you go to france especially like in india mm-hmm. uh, it's not a trend to like go to france people always go to canada uk us australia mm-hmm. maybe but uh, and when i was going to france everybody was like why did you decide to do this and i always say that i did not choose france france chose me the reason mm-hmm. why i was able to leave my home and le- move out of india was because i got the scholarship in france mm-hmm. if it was not for that i would be never able to travel or make these new friends meet these new exciting <laughs> people yeah uh, so i'm really grateful that i selected france i feel like also because of the language barrier mm-hmm. and because the culture being so different from any other country Mm-hmm. it also taught me a lot about resilience uh, the mm. the experiences that i had it taught me how to remain strong uh, there would be days when i had like nobody to talk to because of covid i was alone and it it did teach me that it's okay that sometimes you're alone you have to enjoy your own company you can't just keep looking for people so uh, this is something that i always tell everyone that don't be afraid you know uh if you get this chance take it any opportunity that you get take it you might have challenges but one thing that you have to know is that you'll have challenges everywhere you have to accept them you have to fight them accordingly so uh, that that's all, something that i always believe in and i feel like france is the reason why i learned all of that so i always mm-hmm. say that i did not choose france france chose me that was my destiny that is what has made me the person that i am today mm-hmm. honestly amazing so that take me to the second point which was confront your thoughts and i think i can also just add to this one that i think back in india when you know i'm feeling low or if there's some sort yeah. of confusion i am in i have a lot of you know uh distractions i can go sit with my parents True. i can call a friend you know i can i can just True. reach out to them i can just go out but here when in, when you are in, in abroad and i remember i just moved to a different city mm-hmm. i moved to halifax for some time and yeah. i it was like my very first week and i was just struggling with my pr and everything i was so lost you know i had so many questions to ask myself and then i was just forced to talk to myself and really you know introspect and really talk about the things i really want to do yeah so you you tell me about your interpretation of this that confront your thoughts honestly i totally agree with you and i think i had this conversation with you once uh, mm-hmm. i was i was the person who would always like run away from the thoughts i would never sit down and accept them i would mm-hmm. never accept that okay this has happened no i mean i remember when my grandma died uh, i was really close to her but uh, i was not ready to like accept the fact and i have mm-hmm. done that all through my life in my relationships as well like whenever they would fail i would never sit and think why that happened or like ask myself questions uh when i was alone for so long i think during france as well like when mm-hmm. i was locked down when i had the lockdown and i was alone is actually when i started like really talking to myself and understanding my feelings mm-hmm. understanding why i felt this I kind of became my own therapist you know I started like talking to myself understanding my own thoughts and why yeah. am I behaving in this way and that really helped me uh, it made me a bit more open I realized that one of the main issues that I was facing is because I was not as accepting to other people and other cultures that 
then i mean not as accept as accepting as i thought i was mm. honestly so one thing that i started doing was getting to know more people trying mm. to go out even if i don't want to there have been days when i'm super lazy but then i'm like no i have to get out of my bed i have to go to this party i have to yeah. go and meet people this is something that has really helped me and because of those things that i learned in france i was a much better version of myself in italy and spain mm-hmm. because uh, then i would actually go out learn about other cultures i i met this amazing amazing friend uh, who was from montenegro who was marrying this guy who was half kenyan and half swiss and i got to know about their culture their traditions and everything yeah. and now i'm so much more open to like new people and all of that happened because i confronted my thought i realized why am i feeling so lonely i found the root cause was because i was like only being stuck to the people who were like me and i decided to change it and i often do it even now especially now that i'm a phd student i have a lot of problems in life like i have to deal with a lot of issues i have to find my own way right mm-hmm. and what i do every morning before i start my work is i sit with my journal for half an hour and i plan my day okay this mm-hmm. is what i have to do this is what i am feeling okay this is mm-hmm. how i can get it everything i try to like channel all my energy towards that that uh, half an hour of my day and mm-hmm. i start so i think it's very important for everyone to actually sit and confront themselves to confront your thoughts plan your uh, plan your work plan your day um, have an action plan honestly and it will only happen when you're honest with yourself and talk to yourself about it Yeah I think pre you have articulated it like perfectly and I really hope people yeah. really take that advice and you know uh, work on that. Yeah. I love that. The other one you know was the poem that you wrote in one of your posts which was called To my broken self I see you. You know where you talked about you know stop focusing on what you used to be. Talk talk a little more about that. So uh when I moved to Canada first I I created like a family for myself in Europe mm-hmm. and uh, I had a family in India and now I have a family in Europe and in mm-hmm. Europe it's like really not difficult to travel from one country to another you know if I'm if I'm in France I only have to take one hour of flight to go to Italy or something like that so I had friends all over Europe but and it was not very difficult for me to meet them every weekend or something mm-hmm. so when I first uh, moved here I kind of missed my old self i missed how outgoing i was i missed my old family i missed those people that i knew mm. i was like i'm i'll never be able to find the same people i'll never be able to uh, you know build a life for myself again here so i i felt really broken and really alone in my first days and i did like a mistake of living alone for the first <laughs> first months in canada i moved i moved into a place alone and that kind of made me so depressed i was always like lost in my thoughts i would always think like oh my god i was so much fun last year last year at this time i was doing this two years ago i was doing this like i had so many friends i was at this player person's house i was making this food for them and now i have like no one to talk to but then i then i kind of realized that i'm not the same person anymore hmm. because I have more experience now. I have seen more things now. I'm more experienced than the woman I was a year ago, right? I'm not mm. the same person anymore. 
so yeah. it's it's kind of important to let go of your past and to understand that we are all growing and this is a part of the process especially mm. i guess when you turn 25 i guess everyone will be hit by quarter life crisis or has <laughs> been like has experienced that yeah. quarter life crisis and it's important to understand that it's normal it's natural it happens you can you cannot always dwell in the past and think that okay my life was so much better when i was 18 but you did not even have the things that you have now when you were 18 right so there's yeah. something that i always try to tell myself when i confront myself that it's okay things happen you are entitled to feel the things that you're feeling and that's why i'm like to my broken self i see you i know what you're going through but you cannot live yeah. there yeah you have to move <laughs> I, on. i absolutely love that see you know we do have the tendency of you know dwell, dwelling so much in our yeah. past you know oh, i had this i had that thing i think even the people who come to canada they always talk about you know back in india i had this house i had that car i had my mother preparing meals for me always. then again the question yeah. comes that why did you choose to come because you want to grow in your life you want to exactly. you know really achieve something exactly. in your career that, that, that's that was the whole reason of coming yeah. so you cannot dwell in the past and and again the words of you know murakami that just let it go and just just live in your yeah. present and and build your future that's what the whole point is yeah. exactly exactly that's the the most important thing and also i guess like when you break from your past self it also brings mm. you a lot of humility and it mm. brings you really grounded it makes you more human you are not You start you valuing the things anymore. you never valued before. You start loving exactly, the things you never loved exactly. before. Yeah. Exactly. And that's I I think that's the first step to be successful, you know. Every successful person that you see is so humble. They are and I'm not just talking about successful in the wealth wise, in any aspect of their life. So, that's why I feel it's very important to grow and to understand that growth is a part of the process. Okay please so now we are in the final segment of the podcast I call it beneath the accent So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions you can answer them in one word or a sentence the idea is just to know more about you Okay So first is what advice would you like to give to pre who is in the initial months of landing in Canada Uh first thing would be please don't be afraid go out make new friends actually talk to people just go out be you okay so what's something that you miss the most about delhi food definitely food like nothing beats the food there so what's the worst advice someone ever gave you if any oh my god the worst advice that i've ever received is you are a girl you should learn how to cook first and then everything will come later but first is cooking you should at least learn that oh my god i was like really i think that was less of an advice and more of a patriarchal comment yeah more of an attack yeah so pre if you can ask one question to anybody living or dead the person could be somebody you admire or you are a fan of what would you ask i would honestly uh, like to talk to the people who have worked with crispr cas9 i'm a scientist so all my thinking is like related to science Mm-hmm. I'm so fascinated by gene editing. I don't feel like know about CRISPR Cas9. It's a gene editing tool, and mm-hmm. I would really want to know what was the what was their vision when they created it and when they discovered it, and how do they think they could uh, change the field of medical science and how they could actually help others. 
because something that has always intrigued me and nobody really knows because it can be used in so many ways. Okay. Name three things from your bucket list. Oh, wow. I I have to visit Turkey. It's something that I've always dreamt of. Okay. I really dream of having my own cafe someday. It's so bizarre, mm. but I really want to own my own cafe. And mm. my third bucket list thing would be to make my parents travel. And I want to mm. experience everything that I've experienced before with my parents. Honestly, I would be okay. so happy if I'm able to do that. So in which country did you enjoy the most living in other than India? Oh, Spain. Spain is so good. <laughs> I was in Spain with the S. Like people always make this meme, I'm Spain without the S. But I was in Spain with the <laughs> S. I actually enjoyed so much there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So if you had to describe yourself, you know, as an animal, what mm. would it be and why? I think you would agree to this. And I would say rabbit. Because I'm I'm never really like focused at one place. You have like seen me, right? I'm always like running from here and there. Even my thoughts, like they're like, I'm, I'm talking about one thing mm. and I suddenly switch to another thing. And you know that more than me. Okay. So if you could eat one dish or food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh my, I love Chole Bhature. I can eat it for mm. breakfast, lunch, dinner, any time of the day. I love it so much. I remember you ordering it for dinner once. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everyone is like, why do you eat chole bhature for dinner? I'm like, I can't help it. I love it so much. I can eat it anytime. <laughs> okay. So what did you recently buy that you now regret? Oh, I, <laughs> I guess the most recent thing that I bought that I really regret is my tablet. Because I honestly, like, after buying it, it kind of broke. So I had to like get back to my old tablet, which I had from India. So I'm like, why mm. did I even waste my money on that thing? Yeah, it broke, honestly. <laughs> I didn't even buy the Apple Care. And they were like, we can't repair it. You have to pay like 300 bucks for the repair. I was like, no, I'm done. <laughs> That's the worst feeling. I had the same it with is. my AirPods. It's the worst feeling. Yeah. 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 So what's your favorite movie to watch over and over again? I really love A Beautiful Mind. <laughs> it inspires me so much. And Pursuit of Happiness. I think whenever I'm down, I watch yeah. these two movies. Yeah. Yeah. I think Pursuit of Happiness is even one of my favorites. I I absolutely love that yeah. movie. It's so inspiring. Love it. Next is free. What is the most important quality you think you have that will take you where you want to go? I think uh, my humility. It's because mm -hmm. I, I never let any success get on my head. I'm always mm -hmm. really grounded and I always treat everyone with respect. Like most respect mm -hmm. that I could give. Yeah. So finally, describe Canada in one word. Or a sentence. Ever growing. Canada is is everything that you can imagine it is. It is a mm. mix of every place that I've lived in. I see the elements mm. from India. I see the elements from France. I see the elements from Italy, Spain. Every country that I've lived in, I can find it here. It's it's actually a very warm, very... Contrary to the winter, it's a very warm place when it comes <laughs> to welcoming people. <laughs> yeah. I love that analogy. Love that. Yeah. Perfect. So on that note, Pri, those are all my questions. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And 
yes to all our listeners i will put the details to all the scholarships that pri has done and her social media handles in the show notes please check those and feel free to reach out to her in case of any questions you might have any guidance you might need she will be definitely ready to help you thank you so much guru for having me i really enjoyed talking to you and thank you so much if anybody has like any doubts about the scholarship my dms are always open for everyone awesome hey listener thank you for making it to the end I highly highly appreciate you listening the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't as yet and please share with your friends or anybody you think would like it. And like I always say, we encourage you to follow your heart but also us on Instagram the handle is mythickaccent. You can also leave us a review or write to us at hello@mythickaccent.com. So stay tuned and let's continue knowing each other beneath the accent.